0: Come and see what God has done. Isn't that what Christmas is all about? Just coming and seeing what God has done and, and celebrating the past and that, that first Christmas and, and being reminded that it's connected to the present. Uh, today God is Emmanuel. He's with us to make a difference and it connects us to the future. And uh, in the future we have something that we have hope for and hope of his second coming and that one day we'll be able to spend eternity with him. And uh, just, it's excellent in every way. Well, again, thank you for being here this morning. Uh, Hopefully nobody dragged you out, made you, forced you to be here. Anybody under duress here today? Um, Okay, no, you're good. Okay, we're fine. And um, so thank you for uh, carving out some time to be here. And in particular, I want to say it's wonderful that, um, that, that we can come together and that we can tell God that we love Him. And I know we can do that individually, and I know for some of us we have to do that And uh, because of the sort of the season that we're in with the pandemic. But it's great to come together as well and just to collectively lift our voices to the Lord and say, Lord, we love you today, and we are so thankful that, to be a part of it. Um, I also want to say thank you for joining us here at Spotlight because we are surrounded by great churches and ministries Um, Those that are listening online, thank you for joining us. I mean, you probably could get online and you could go to all the the big guns out there that are online that you could listen to, and instead you listen to us little guns that are online. And um, so we're so thankful that you have come together and to worship with us this morning, so we really appreciate it. As we've journeyed through this Advent season, we've covered hope, we've covered peace, we've covered. A joy, and today we're going to be looking at love and um, just the amazing love that God came to give us and show us. And so, we're going to be looking at that. And uh, we've been looking at different people within the the, uh, uh, the nativity story. We've been looking at that. We've dug into some experiences of some individuals. And uh, so, you can go and, and uh, listen to those back messages on our website at spotlightchurch.ca. You can do that. And um, But today, I would like to take a different approach. I would like for us to look at all the people that are recorded in that biblical account of Christ's birth. Not just one, but I want to take a look at all of them. And because in doing so, uh, or when we do, we realize that the birth of Christ brought together a variety of people that otherwise would never have, have been brought together They've been brought together across many different divides, many different barriers. The people were brought together, otherwise, who would never sit at a table together. They had so many different contrasts that that you could never get them into the same room. But because of what Jesus did and how he was born into the world, that first Christmas brought together all of these people and brought them together under the banner of love christ's amazing love that crosses divides it pulls down barriers it overcomes borders and does amazing things and today i want to remind us of that that as we worship here that that's what that first christmas is all about as we walk through the story we see Zechariah and elizabeth and mary and joseph we see the old and we see the young being brought together We see the prophets of the past and the covenants of Israel's past being brought together and connected to the coming Messiah and the future hope that Jesus came to bring. We meet in the the Christmas story, we meet the shepherds and the angels. We meet those who are of earth and those who are of heaven. And he brings them together. He brings together the physical and the spiritual. And, And as... Um, they go into the stable. He even brings the animals into the picture. Isn't that great? He connects all of creation through that first Christmas story. There's also, and let's not forget about them, those mysterious visitors from the East. And we know them as the Magi. We're not sure, entirely sure who they, who they were, but we know that they follow the star a long distance to find and to worship this promised Messiah. Some scholars feel that they may have been from China, but we don't really know all the details about them. But regardless, these rich, wise people were brought into the story that otherwise would never have been brought into the story. And so this cast of characters that we look at at this time of the year, all the different personalities that's that's involved, the rich and the poor, the young and the old, and so on, on and on it goes. Through this great message of Christ's birth, He brings together all these people who normally would be divided, separated, huge borders, and they would never come together. And as a matter of fact, if I was putting together the Christmas story, I probably wouldn't use this ragtag bunch of people. I probably wouldn't use them at all. But yet God, thankfully, does things different than we do. And so as we look at this group, as much as we think that they are divided and different, in the day that Mary and Joseph lived, in the day that Jesus was born, the people of that day looked upon those circumstances of his birth and saw it as blasphemous. They saw it as something that was horrific because in the day that Jesus was born, in the day that the Messiah came, they could not fathom in their mind that they would ever see the Messiah connect to people like the shepherds. They never thought the Messiah would come and be connected to lowly animals in a stable. And see, when people think of the gospel, they, they like to think it in terms that they're, they're comfortable with. And so the people of that day, because of all their, uh, all their divisions and culturally the way they did things, they never thought the Messiah would ever lower himself to become a part of something so, such as that. And so as much as you may think they're a ragtag bunch, or I may think that in the day in which Jesus was born, they really did not like what Jesus did and how he brought all of that together and that the the thought that the Messiah could be born into those circumstances. But you know what? It's only Jesus that can step onto the scene and bring together people otherwise who wouldn't be brought together. Matter of fact, just look at us here today. You know, Jesus brings us all together here today. And because of Jesus, we gather here. We have different personalities, different backgrounds. Um, You can rest assured, here's the good news I'm going to give you. We're going to fail one another. All right, isn't that great news that you're going to fail each other? You know, you can turn to the person beside you and say, hey, you're going to fail me. Um, You know, you can do that if you want. It's not very encouraging, but, um, but you can do that. But It's because of Christ that he brings us together. And like he did on that first Christmas, he still does it here in the year 2020. When we're looking to rediscover Christmas and rediscover what it's about, Jesus is still pulling down barriers. He's still giving us the power to be able to restore broken relationships. He gives us everything we need to live a faith that is vibrant and alive in every way. And so today, I want to give you just a a few things, and of course, being the good preacher that I am, there's always three, all right? So I want to give you three things as we talk about love today, and how love brought together all those different personalities and those different uh, people of that first Christmas, how Christ's love is still bringing us together today if we give it a chance, And let me stop here and say this. Christmas for a lot of people is very romantic feelings. Romantic, you know, we gather around the Christmas tree and we have eggnog and the family is all having a big group hug and, you know, some people have that experience, but not everybody. Oftentimes, Christmas reminds families of just how far they are apart. It reminds parents of children who are estranged and want nothing to do with them how sometimes they're barely talking. It reminds brothers and sisters of just how broken their relationship is that they cannot even spend time together at Christmas because of something that was said or done. This Christmas, I want us to rediscover this love that Christ talks about and how he can pull down those divides. How mom and dads can again talk to their kids and kids can talk to their parents and husbands and wives who feel that they have insurmountable obstacles that keep them from having a good marriage that they can pull that down but they've got to put this love that i'm going to talk about today through christ they've got to put it first because humanly in and of ourselves we will never love the way we need to love we will never have the power to love the way we need to love unless we lean on christ so let me give you three ways that you can tap into this love and to be reminded of it today. Number one, and I should say this, if you have your notes, hopefully you brought them with you. Those that are listening online, you can look under the notes tab and you'll see all the notes from today. And I just encourage you to use those if you could. First of all, Christ is love embodied. Isn't that a great word? Embodied. I just want to throw out a kind of a nice word to make you think I was intellectual, uh, in case you didn't think that already. But Christ's love is embodied. So what does the word embodied means? It simply means to give shape to. To embody something means to give shape to it. And what Christ did by that first Christmas is that he gave shape to what love actually looks like. When he was born, he showed us, not only in his birth, but also through his earthly ministry, he showed us what love actually looks like. And that's what I want us to realize this morning, that as we celebrate Christmas, we need to be reminded that the love he came to bring, he came to show us what that love actually looks like. And for a lot of people today, we don't know what love looks like. We see the world's concept of love. Sometimes it's, it's, it's obsessed with physical um, attractions and all kinds of things like that. And oftentimes, generation after generation goes on, and we don't know what that love actually looks like. But Christ came to show us what that love looks like, what it's shaped like. And so the Bible talks a lot about love in many places. The Bible reminds us that God is love. And the Bible itself is his love story for all humanity. From creation, or the beginning of creation, God made people. He made people like you and I. Why did he make us? And I've often asked that question. He wanted to have a relationship with us. And so he made Adam and Eve and he shared time with them in the garden. They became his companions, and they walked with him in the due, in the, the dew e- in the evening, and they were His children, the same way that we are God's children today, if we place our faith in him. Even when sin entered the world, Even when circumstances became dark, even when death and brokenness and separation came on the scene and severed that close companionship with God, from that very moment, God began to put a plan in place to restore that broken love. And that plan is Jesus on that first Christmas. Down through generations and generations, he worked his plan, and he promised the Messiah who would come who would restore this broken relationship with humanity. That way, that plan, was Jesus. The relationship or this relationship with God that he brings us into is all about a relationship with love. The same way he loved Adam and Eve, and that's why he made them, God still loves us today and is looking to do everything he can to restore that reunion with you and with me. Do you know that? God is pulling out all the stops. He always has to show you and to show me he loves us. A lot of people have a twisted concept of God. They, they think of God as they're the big hammer waiting to clobber them as soon as they make any mistake. But you know what? There is justice. God is just. But you know what? More than anything, God is love. And he wants to show us that love. Matter of fact, I love uh, 1 John, um, 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to uh, 16. It's a little bit long, but I want to read it for you this morning. It's a part of the key text of my message today. And I think even though this is not particularly a Christmas mess, a text, I think it fits in very well here. It reminds us of what that first Christmas is all about. It says this, Dear friends, and listen to this, as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Praise His name. Dear friends, since God so loved us, and let me put it this way, since God so loved you, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in Him and that He is in us. He has given us His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in Him and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. What a great passage. What a great passage. It reminds us of what Christmas is all about. Is about how Christ came to show us to embody what that love is. But you know what? Sometimes we don't always fully understand what we ought to do. John tells us from that passage that God is love, that God personifies it, that love is his nature, and he showed us everything he could by sending Jesus. Let us remind us today at this christmas to rediscover that when we come to jesus and we give him our lives and if you're a professing believer this morning and you've asked jesus to hit the reset button on your life you've asked him to come into your heart and you've asked him to to to, to live with you and to dwell with you and that you he would be your father when you did that he restored a love in you that was broken before we are called to fulfill his love we are to live as he lives and when it comes to god's love it should be something that fills us that fuels us every day when things are looking dark and empty and shallow and broken god's love gives us the fuel in our tank to move forward and to do what needs to be done to say things that need to be said in a a healing way instead of saying it in a destroying way God fuels us and fills us with his love so that we can pull down barriers and and strongholds, that we can say things to people who hurt us, we can turn around and we can love our enemies. And see, that's the kind of love that he came to show us how to live. It's amazing today how people are so temperamental, so sensitive. Everyone today seems to be offended. You you say the slightest thing, I can't believe you offended me. I, I break this relationship with you and I go someplace else. It's amazing how we live in a throwout world where relationships are nothing. But with God, it's not that way. His love is so incredibly powerful that instead of walking out on one another we can bring healing to one another, but only as we learn to live the way God wants us to live and through his love. Number two, love defines and propels us. <clears throat> love defines and propels us. I, by the way, I like this mask that I'm wearing because I can flip it up and, and breathe. So it's good. Yeah, I'll get a few letters about that. So. So love defines and propels us. I want to remind us today that we need to ask, what defines your life? Are you a loving person? Or are you the kind of person that is harsh and judgmental? When it comes to our lives and the way we ought to live them, love should be something that defines us and motivates us and and moves us forward in life. Jesus did everything he can to bring restoration Jesus did everything he can to show love to a broken world. That's why he was born in a lowly manger to Mary and Joseph. Even through his earthly ministry, especially towards the end, he gathered with his disciples there in their last Passover meal together, and he tells them this step. In John 13, he says this in verses 34 to 35. He says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Let me say that last part. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What defines us? He tells us right there. What defines us is how good are we at loving one another? And how does that love propel us and move us forward in life? As Jesus was teaching his disciples... He wanted them to make sure that he, they loved like he did. And I think today, God is saying to you and I this morning, especially in the Christian church, that when the world is so quick to be pitted against one another, we need to be quick to love one another. Instead of following the pattern of the world, we need to follow the pattern of Jesus. And he wanted to make sure his disciples loved like he did, and that's why he said, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Does love define your life? Jesus wanted it to define his disciples. And, and they will know that they are followers of Jesus by how they love one another. So love is what defines us. What, love is what should mark our lives. Love is what should characterize us. A friend of mine planted a church and their tagline was, the church that love is building. I love that. The church that love is building. What's building our church here at Spotlight? Is it just simply tolerance? Is it simply getting by? That's not enough. We need to be a people who love beyond the surface. We need to be a people who love beyond the chaos, beyond all the challenges. We need to be people who are marked, who are defined, who are characterized by people who love one another. We can go to churches all across our nation that, that have more money than we do, that have more everything than we do. But you know what? At the end of the day, you know what makes a difference about why people like going to a church? is how we love one another. Can I get a big amen? amen? How we love one another is more important than anything else. Yes? We need to hold on to the the biblical truths. But you know what? If we have all the knowledge there is, and we know every Bible verse there is, but we don't love one another, we have nothing. Love is what defines us. It should. You know what? When I look at the church, I can always point my finger at some pretty big wrongs that we've done in the church Not us particular here at Spotlight. We haven't done anything wrong. No, we're perfect. (laughs) Other churches. You know, I can point to all kinds of wrongs and say, wow, I just kind of cringe and I'm embarrassed by what they have done. And I can point to those and and really have that embarrassment and I can be even kind of unloving in some of my actions. That's why I really am finding myself disliking social media so much more. Social media today makes it so easy for people to do things and say things that is unloving, that they would never say to another person face-to-face. And so they, they do unloving things that they would not normally do. And it's so easy to do that. It seems like everybody today is on one side of things or another and just slinging mud wherever they can. And I just say, stop it. What should mark us and characterize us is not our position on things. It's how we love one another. Hallelujah. How we love one another. But, instead of looking at other people, what about looking at ourselves too? None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect as individuals. We're not even perfect as a collective church. But, We have an opportunity this Christmas to rediscover love. We have an opportunity to remember what that first Christmas is all about and how it gives us something that should define us and propel us. And finally this morning, I think the other thing that we need to be reminded about that first Christmas and all those characters coming together and what Jesus did is that love empowers us and helps us to cross borders. Love empowers us to cross borders that we normally would not cross. Wow. Again, I say it again this morning, and for those listening online, we live in divided times. It seems our culture, our nation, our world, our people, have we've pulled out all the stops to make sure that we are on one side of an issue or, or not. It's always us versus them. You know what we're saying? You know what they're saying? And we're always us versus them. And it seems to be running very high lately. Down through the ages, there has always been the weak. There's always been the powerful, whether we like it or not. Down through the ages, there's always been the haves and the have not. And folks, I just want to remind you that in our world today, don't get caught up in the us versus them. Step away from that gutter begin to realize that, yeah, there's a lot of things that are imperfect in our world, but one of the things that should remain constant in the midst of all the challenges is that God's people are empowered not by having the latest social media, but we are empowered because of the love of God. A love that runs so deep and so powerful that it's willing to pull down barriers and cross borders that we wouldn't normally even dare to cross. That's why Jesus' teaching was viewed by so many as radical. It's why God's love, even today, is so radical. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 to 44, He says, you heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But notice what Jesus said that was so radical in his day. He says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I want to challenge you this morning as we rediscover Christmas and the the power of all these things behind me here, the words that are written on the wall. I want to challenge you to think about what kind of love you have in your life. Do you have a love that empowers you to go and to mend a fence that is broken, to ask forgiveness of someone that maybe you have offended, to bring healing to a family relationship that needs to be mended and healed. God's love gives us the power to cross borders and to cross divisions that have been broken and begin to bring healing and to bring hope. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't only tear down the walls of divisions when he was born. Jesus is still tearing down the walls today. In his earthly ministry, he befriended tax collectors, and he even invited one named Matthew to come and be one of his disciples. He spoke with a Samaritan woman, Lord forbid, at the well. And he broke all societal taboos to speak to her. And because Jewish men especially did not talk with women in public, Jesus when the Roman soldiers were forcing people to carry their, their, their pack for, for a mile, Jesus radically in his love said, well, don't only carry it one mile, carry it two. Jesus has constantly modeled for us and showed us that love should power us and should cause us to break down barriers, to break down cultural, spiritual, political, and racial barriers, and he calls us to do the same thing he did this morning i want to encourage you i get passionate about it because sometimes i think we've settled for a cheap christianity but we need a love that jesus modeled for us to unfold in our lives today and as a matter of fact if spotlight church has any hope of reaching one tenth of our city for jesus christ it isn't because we choose the right marketing it isn't because we choose you know, all the glitz and the glamour. And, and it isn't because I bring in some smoke machines and fill this place with smoke. It's going to be because of God's love that flows from us to a lost world. That's what's going to make a difference. His love is so powerful, it can cause us to pull down those barriers and divides that otherwise we could never, ever do it. In conclusion this morning, I want to ask you about your life. The greatest humility you can show is in loving somebody else. It's hard. It's hard to show that love sometimes, especially to people who are not so loving. Not everyone is easy as love as to love as I am, right? Thought I'd throw that in there. Just gotta help you out. But not everyone is easy, but you know what? The most humble thing we can do is to love someone else and put them first. Sometimes love means taking that first step. Love means taking that simple step and saying to somebody, you know what, I'm sorry. The greatest gift that we've been given at Christmas is that we've been given a gift of a love that is not shallow a love that has depth, a love that does not walk out on us, but a love that walks in and can make an incredible difference. And this Christmas, I want to encourage you to think about rediscovering that love and don't settle for anything cheap. Don't settle for anything less, but model what Jesus modeled for us. Let us model it today in 2020 into 2021. Let us be a people who says, oh, wow, Those folks, they really love one another and they'll love you too. I want to give you this closing word. It's called the benediction. It comes from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. This is the best thing that I could pray over you this morning. So why don't you stand with me and just give me an opportunity to ask God's benediction on your life, on your home, on your family. And it's this. And I pray that you being rooted and established in establishing love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. Folks, that's my prayer that I pray over you this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. And, Lord, my simple prayer is that we go from this place. God, help us to take time to love one another. That love sometimes is in the form of a look or a word or a touch. God, help us to be a people that care deeply about one another. Help us, God, to leave behind shallowness and emptiness. Help us, Lord, to have substance and depth. And, Lord, let it be in the area of love. God, we need you today. We need you in our families. We need you in our community. We need you in the midst of all the divisions and the fighting. Lord, we need you to help us to love the way you meant meant for us to love. Go with us now and help us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. (music)